if you embrace doubt, then you'll question the things that you think are true and continually check to make sure they're still true. And you'll, conversely, you'll check the things you think are false and continually right. you know, justify them. And at the end of the day, if what you thought was true is true, then you have nothing to fear from evidence. Welcome to the very first episode of Reason to Doubt. In this episode, Jordan and Jared discuss doubt, how it's been viewed in both religious and secular worldviews, as well as their own experiences with doubt, and how they learn to eventually embrace it. So, uh, my name is Jared. Uh, I'm an atheist, former Christian. I uh, have a bachelor's in religious studies, and my master's was in theology. During that course of studying, I basically had some doubt, and then that doubt led me to question things, and then after questioning, I realized I didn't have answers, and that led me down the road to atheism. But it was actually, I met Jared, like, right at the end of that. I like to think that I shoved him over the edge. Um, you were definitely was, the straw that broke my back. <laughs> it was funny, like, one month it was like, yeah, he's proselytizing, he's like, you know, this is wrong next week, he's like, yeah, all, everything I said is bullshit. Just <laughs> Yeah. That's um, pretty much how it went down, too. <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Jordan. I am a mechanical and nuclear engineer. I just have a hobby in uh, sort of first century history and religion and philosophy and that sort of thing. I used to be a creationist. Like, the Earth was 7,000 years old. Literally, the flood happened 100% of it. And then one day, one of my coworkers handed me a book, and he's like, "You should read this because you're wrong." And I read it, and it turns out, I in fact was wrong about a lot. So, if yeah. only it was that easy for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the the bottom line is, I I decided that I was not going to hide from whatever the truth led me to, mm -hmm. and it eventually led me to doubting and losing my faith. So. The name of the podcast is Reason to Doubt, because we doubt, and there's two of us. We thought it might be cool to start the first one off with um, what doubt is and why it's good, and kind of gets a bad rap, especially in religious communities. Yeah. So uh, we want to start off with the old uh, cliche of Merriam-Webster defines doubt as... I mean, uh, unless you have a dictionary you prefer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like doubt is, I think, just in the common vernacular, it's uncertainty. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it, it can be like a lack of confidence, like I doubt myself, which is kind of negative. Sometimes it's just like you're just not sure. I think the, I did look up Merriam Webster, and I think the third definition I like the best, which is a, a deliberate suspension of judgment. So it's kind of like a choice. That one uh, surprises me, too, because uh, I don't necessarily think of that as doubt. Um, but the more I think about it, it makes a lot more sense. You know, like the suspension of, of belief or the suspension of, of judgment, as that puts it, is. Uh, but the deliberate thing is what gets me with that definition, because I don't see doubt as something you deliberately do. But I may be wrong about that. Well, I think it's something that you kind of, sometimes you have to take a step back and put yourself in that framework. Like, this is what I think, but I'm going to, I like maybe having that self-awareness, I maybe don't have good reasons for that. Mm -hmm. So let me kind of 
put myself in an open mind mindset. So I think it can be a decision, but it can also be just something you're experiencing. Yeah. And for me, doubt was something, uh, this kind of goes into our next thing, but, uh, doubt was definitely something that was negative for me, especially going through when I was a Christian going through seminary, I felt like I had to hide my doubt a lot of the times because I didn't want people to know that I was doubting because then I wouldn't be a true believer or, you know, all this stuff. Um, now doubt eventually led me to atheism, but I know plenty of Christians uh, who doubted and their faith is stronger uh, as a result of it. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but. Well, um, I, I took some time and kind of surveyed what, Christian websites and various people of faith were saying about doubt. Um, and there was a huge, there's a wide cross section. You know, some people said exactly what you said that, you know, faith, it, that faith without doubt, like, isn't going to be strong. You know, doubting is a normal, natural part of the thing. So some of them embraced it, um, which I think is the healthier stance, probably. Um, and it makes sense because according to the Barna Group, which is not exactly a disinterested source, but they have an they have an they're a they're an evangelical like think tank, and so they have a strong incentive to underreport this figure. Um, so they reported sixty five percent of Christians experienced doubt. So if they're reporting sixty five, I would expect it to be higher than that. Right, they have a vested interest. In right, so I, I would say that it's probably no less than that which makes sense. But even the places that talked about doubt as like couched in kind of good language, it was never all good. For example, Focus on the Family um, did an article called Wrestling with Doubt and Disbelief. And they, they said it's nothing bad, it's unusual, you have to have doubts. But then they say things like, even the disciples of Jesus had to find their way through this dark, discouraging tunnel, which doesn't exactly right. paint a cheery <laughs> picture of doubt, you know? Like, doubt isn't bad, but if you're doubting, it's bad. Right, right. Like, the fact that you're doubting isn't bad, but when you're doubting, it's going to be awful. So... Try to well, get through it. Uh, you may have come across this too when you're looking stuff up, but I know when my grand so my grandfather's a Baptist preacher, mm -hmm. and uh, in his church, doubt was always portrayed as something that Satan was was putting into your life as a mm -hmm. way to try to pull you away from God and Christ. And so, like, it was definitely it wasn't something that you were doing yourself. It was something that Satan was, was putting onto you. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's funny you said that because um, there was another website. I'm going to butcher the name, Ligonier Ministries, but they are like an R.C. Sproul. I, don't, I think he mm -hmm. founded them. And they said almost exactly that. They said that, um, they said, oh, yeah, doubt is natural, but it's natural because humans are weak and frail and you lack confidence and fully trust God. And it's a ploy that literally, this is a quote, it is a ploy Satan uses to break your link with God. So like, wow. it's a very clear message, like, it's natural, but it's only natural because you're not good enough. Right. You know, and I think too, you know, doubt may be seen as good within uh, religion. You're not necessarily the Christianity, but most religions. But on the practical level, with the uh, the practitioner of that religion, doubt is not necessarily viewed as good. Um, mm -hmm. like the authority figures and the holy books might say, you know, doubt, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes down to the individual who's experiencing doubt, they're left with this overwhelming sense of like, I have no idea what's going on. 
know, their beliefs are in question, which is not a good place to be. I mean, it, it's understandable because if you're not kind of looking for it or prepared for it, if you've really built your entire life on this this faith basis, you know, like Titus, our friend from proselytize or fossilize, he, he says, everything I think is based on this. And if you started doubting that and you weren't like ready for that or, you know, it wasn't something you're looking for, I could see, I could definitely empathize with some like some fear, some uncertainty, discomfort. I mean, right. when I started doubting my faith, it definitely wasn't comfortable. Like I, I, I didn't like it, you know? Yeah. Well, it makes me think back to my, uh, my childhood because I mean, I had the most doubt when I was going through seminary, but I remember being in like Sunday school, learning about, um, creation and learning about <laughs> Noah's Ark and stuff. And even then I doubted what was being said, but it didn't affect my belief at all. Like I could just like, yeah, that, that might've happened. It might not have happened. Um, <laughs> But still, I was able to withhold some of that doubt. It got to the point where I had so much doubt that I couldn't overcome it anymore. And there's probably something to be said for it's one thing to doubt, like whether Jesus said this or whether this fact is 100% historical and doubting like the foundations of your entire life, you know? Right. <laughs> um, but so that's what some Christians, I won't, I don't want to say all because. There are a lot of Christians who are completely fine with it, but that's what some Christians look at. And if you even look in the Bible, um, you've got good old Doubting Thomas, who mm -hmm. I think is a great skeptic and a personal hero. When uh, Jesus raised from the dead, Thomas said, no, I don't believe this. This is this is ridiculous. I need to literally put my hand inside your body. And he did. And, you know, Jesus let him do it. But then Jesus said, uh, you know, you believe because you saw me, but blessed are those who didn't see. It's like, okay, I let you do it, but it would have been even better if you hadn't looked for evidence. Right, and I think that's that kind of links us to the this opposite, or maybe not opposite, but faith, right? You have doubt and faith. So Thomas was chastised for doubting, mm -hmm. um, even though, you know, some people say doubt is good, but Jesus in that episode glorifies the people who are believing without seeking evidence, which mm -hmm. I think is an unhealthy thing. Right. Uh, so, but if you want to say something about faith and how sometimes that is viewed as the opposite of doubt, maybe even though it's not really the opposite of doubt. Yeah. I think there's this, um, there's this idea that you either have faith or you have doubts and those are the two settings mm -hmm. you can have. Um, of course, it doesn't help. There's a wide variety of definitions of faith. You know, I think of faith as belief in the absence of evidence. The Bible says it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, whatever that means. Um, but it seems to me that that faith and doubt aren't actually the opposites necessarily. Doubt is the lack of certainty. And right. so it seems obvious if doubt is the lack of certainty, then it's certainty that's the opposite. You know, and it kind of, if you just take the faith out of the equation, you can have doubts about things that aren't religious at all. Right. Um, so I might, I might be the first time I'm introduced to physics, doubt the relativistic claims because they sound crazy when a stick moves super fast, it gets shorter and that's ridiculous. So I have doubts, but then when I'm shown more evidence, I get certainty. I don't have faith in relativity, you know? I, I don't like go to bed praying to Einstein and, you know, like, like trusting in his equations. Like I have evidence to lead me to that alleviates my doubts. Right. 
And that's uh, it's interesting because I mean, so you brought up Hebrews. Uh, I think it's eleven one. Eleven one, um, yeah. But that says it's the evidence of things uh, unseen. Is what it is, or? Uh, the translation I had was it's the substance of things home for the evidence of things not seen. Right. So, I mean, how can faith be evidence? Like that's a, if it, so like, if that's the case, faith is evidence, then, then you could be certain in your faith, which then for is the opposite of doubt. If you're viewing faith as certainty. Well, I think faith would then become like a brand of certainty or like I am choosing to be certain. You know, I'm, I'm going to make the conscious decision to be certain, you know? So I guess in that sense, maybe it's the opposite of doubt, but it seems like that's like too specific a category. Like really it's certainty is the opposite and faith right. is perhaps a method to achieve certainty, but you know, is it a good method? <laughs> that would really be the question. Um, because if, if you can have a, so if faith um, is the firm belief in the absence of proof, uh, you can have a firm belief in the absence of proof about anything you want. I mean, if you're, if you're willing to go there, you know, right. it's, it's pretty much at that point limited only by your own imagination and your own intestinal fortitude. If, if proof is not what you're looking is, is not the standard, you know, if faith is the true standard, then you can have faith in ghosts or Bigfoot or Loch Ness monster, or whatever you want, you know, right. how would you choose between all these different claims? I think I think that kind of gets back to your epistemology too, and what you accept as uh, how you know things first of all, but also what you care about. Like, what are your values? Like for me, I care about knowing, like wanting to be certain in the things that I believe. Mm -hmm. Right. So faith doesn't cut the mustard at all anymore for me because if I'm certain about it, I don't need faith. I'm certain about it, and then. If I'm not certain about it, I can be doubting it or I can be like, well, I'm not confident in this yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are certain there there are people like Cy Ten Brook and Kate who claim to be absolutely certain. You know, they claim that they're so certain they li it is literally impossible for them to be wrong. Right. Because that's what they believe. Um, I'm not sure I'm not persuaded that that's the case. But um, I question whether or not he actually believes that or if he just says it to try to Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't doubt that he believes it. I doubt that it's true. Right. But in any case, um, I think it's important if you're going, if your goal is to have true beliefs, mm -hmm. I mean, we're limited humans. We're not going to know everything. There's no about everything. So I think that while uncertainty gets a bad rap, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And claiming that you're certain about something doesn't mean that you are justified in being certain or you should be certain right you now. Like I am a hundred percent certain as certain as I can possibly be about anything that I exist. I am pretty sure that you exist. Like I, I'm maybe not quite as certain, but very certain. It's pretty, high. pretty, it's pretty high. You know, I am almost as high as certain that Donald Trump is president, but I'm not at all certain that it'll rain tomorrow. I mean, it might, I haven't checked the weather, so it might rain tomorrow, you know, um, so there's gradations of doubt. You know, it's not like a binary, like either you have doubt or you have certainty and that's it, you know? Right. Well, I think, I think the point too of, of this particular podcast is trying to get across the point that doubt 
is a good thing. Um, it's something to be cherished and something to be used as a tool to get us to certainty or to weed out the things that we're not certain about. So, I mean, it kind of gets the skepticism, but I mean, without a healthy dose of doubt, you're never going to be yeah. skeptical to begin well, with. I'd say skepticism is kind of like use, embracing doubt as a way of life, choosing to be comfortable with doubt and to be systematic and intentional about removing doubts through evidence. Like uh, Dillahunty is fond of saying, I want to know as many true things as possible and as few false things as possible. Right. And doubt is the way you get there. Doubt is kind of like the vehicle because if you embrace doubt, then you'll question the things that you think are true and continually check to make sure they're still true. And you'll conversely, you'll check the things you think are false and continually, right. you know, justify them. And at the end of the day, if what you thought was true is true, then you have nothing to fear from evidence. You know, all it could possibly do is confirm it. You know? And if the opposite is true, then you knowing that you now have been able to change your position and can move on with knowing that you are able to use these tools to weed out bad beliefs or you know bad thoughts or whatever it is that yeah, like I, I think if someone's experiencing doubts and they're feeling maybe not great about it, I think it'd be useful to kind of ask yourself the question: If I were wrong. And maybe you don't think you can be wrong, but if you were, would would you want to know? Right. For me, the answer is always yes. If I am wrong, I want to know it. And if the answer to that question is yes, then doubt is only going to help you. Because the truth, because you're going to get to the truth by pursuing those doubts. Um, and if the truth is what you thought, great. And if it's not, then the best thing about being a skeptic, being someone who doubts, is you can just change your mind. And boom, you're right again. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody at work today and uh, it was about, what was it about? doesn't matter what it was about now, but uh, somebody else walked in in the middle of it and he was like, yeah, you shouldn't be having a conversation with Jared because Jared will never change his mind on anything. And I was like, you don't know me very well, do you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've changed my mind on a lot of things uh, and a lot of big things too. You know, it's like, um, I tend to really put a lot of deliberate thought into things I think and believe. So it might, to someone who doesn't know me very well, might come off as like, I never changed my mind, but it's only because I thought about it a lot. Right. But I mean, I have to, I changed my life, my mind about the biggest thing in my life. Like I was a hundred percent committed. Like I was all in church three times a week, you know? Yeah. Um, and so if I can change my mind about something so fundamental to my character, and it's also been kind of liberating and humbling at the same time. Like I was a hundred percent certain in that. And then I found out I was so wrong, you know? Right. And so that kind of lets me approach new beliefs or new, new thoughts with a bit of humility. Like I can't, I, I'm more open to being wrong because I know I can be wrong. Right. It's also a gut check too, moving forward that, you know, you might not apply a hundred percent certainty to things the rest of your life because you know, the one thing you were a hundred percent certain about, right. You have to be wrong. Maybe not a hundred percent wrong. Who knows? It's pretty close to a hundred percent wrong. I'm, I, I'm pretty confident that I was very, very wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as like the non-religious aspects of, of doubt though, I mean, Doubt can be applied to all kinds of things. We've been 
mostly been focusing on religion, but I can think of a few things where doubt has helped me just in everyday life. Um, you know, when it comes to people who make claims. Um, so like I was a, a back on veganism now, mm-hmm. but like dietary claims, for example, like I doubted health claims from people who are authority figures about, you know, the benefits of eating meat and all this stuff. And so I went and did some research on it and then I changed my own personal beliefs. Now that doesn't impact anybody else, but doubt led me to make those questions. Whereas, you know, and I feel like I'm healthier for it as a result, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, doubting claims from authority figures, which is different. You can have proper, well-informed doubts and well-informed skepticism and then kind of you can go have too much of a good thing and get into the conspiracy theorist mindset right you just don't doubt where where it's almost like you doubt everything so much that you stop doubting yeah you know (laughs) you're doubting your doubts um yeah so conspiracy theories that's a that's a whole another topic though that's like yeah we'll probably get into that in another podcast because it's really fascinating the way that just the way that their mind works you know? yeah. well i mean um, i've i've probably held some conspiracy theories in the past um in fact i know i have but upon further research and, and looking into it i realized that it was full of shit but yeah and so there's doubt in action you know yeah, <laughs> yeah so ultimately i think i and again, like you said, it, it doesn't have to be a religious thing. I think religious religions are the most like vocal about re- faith and doubt and certainty. And I mean, what is it? 70 some odd percent of Americans are Christian. So um, I think it's applicable to most of the country, but it doesn't have to be them. Right. Um, truth is universal, belongs to everyone. Um, one thing I could say is once I embrace doubts and I kind of worked through my own thoughts and eventually arrived where I am now, it was very liberating. Like I'm a much happier person now than I was then because I feel free to, I have no more cognitive dissonance. I'm free to think whatever I believe the truth to be. Um, And I'm free to to change my mind to whatever, based on whatever new things I learned. Whereas before, I always felt constrained, you know, I, I kind of had to believe these things, whether or not I liked it. Right. You know, I had a very similar experience, uh, especially when I was struggling with doubt, like I had about a depression. Um, and like, so when I finally came out of that, um, like you said, liberating is I think the best term for that because I was extremely just elated. And the only thing I wanted to do was run around and tell people, Hey, guess what I found out? It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a universal, experience it's not i mean we happen to deconvert but i don't think i mean that same feeling of liberty could be experienced by anyone whatever they where they end up because at the end you're there because if, if you embrace doubt and you embrace that kind of uh thinking then wherever you end up you ended up there because you genuinely believe that's where the evidence led you and so you can feel free to change your mind if the evidence leads you so like you can still have all of those same feelings of liberty even if you go to church every day you know right which is a good thing so now i would say my so my goal in this podcast in general is not to convert anybody not to deconvert anybody but i think moving forward with 
having established doubt is like the basis for how I approach things in life. If I could get somebody to understand that doubt is a good thing and they use that as a tool in their life to examine things, I think that would be a success. You know, if, if a Christian is struggling with doubt, um, I want them to be able to embrace that, understand that it's healthy and it's a good thing mm-hmm. and that maybe it will make them ask questions. Um, they may, may become an atheist or they may end up being, you know, the next Pope who knows, but yeah, I, I, um, I agree a hundred percent. Like I have nothing to gain by yeah. someone deconverting, you know, I think for me, true, I value truth as intrinsically valuable. You know, it, if everyone was, I feel like if more people were intentional about their beliefs, embraced doubts, were kind of systematic in the way they thought, just kind of put more introspection in, the world would be a better place. And so that's ultimately, if I can get, if I'm talking to someone, and like you said, if I convince them that doubting is good and they apply that kind of introspection, then that's the win. Wherever, right. Whatever they do with it is, you know, on them. Well, I can think of a, a prime example of this where, so in the past year, I mean, anti-vaxxers are blowing up all over the country, right? And literally, literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, a healthy dose of doubt in those parents might have led them to ask the questions, are these claims about vaccines and the links to autism and all these diseases, are they real? Are they justified? Is there evidence to support this? You know, like doubt would have been a good place for them to start as opposed to just taking in these claims, you know, on face value. So, yeah. So at the end of the day, if I could persuade some people to doubt a little bit more, to think, to, to examine their beliefs a little bit harder, then I'm happy with that. Yeah. And if it doesn't lead to one more atheist, then that's fine because... I'm pretty sure when we die, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? what? What does that mean? You're going to cease to exist. Nothing you do will have meaning. That's what it means. <laughs> I doubt that claims. <laughs> Thank you for checking out this very first episode of Reason to Doubt. We both hope you tune in next time when we go over our life stories and give a little background to how we got to where we are today. Please be sure to check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Peace.